Welcome to the Inside Scoop Live podcast, where indie authors get personal about their books, their writing, and their passions. I'm your host, Sherry Hoyt. Join me for some lively conversations with debut indie authors and seasoned veterans alike. It's a great place to find your next amazing read or even get inspired. So sit back and enjoy the show and let me know what you think. Hi, everyone. Mark Bellow is back again. Today, he's here to talk to us about his venture into the world of children's literature with his new book, Happy Jack, Sad Jack. But first, here's the inside scoop on the author. As an attorney and civil justice advocate, author Mark M. Bellow draws upon over 40 years of courtroom experience in his Zachary Blake legal thriller series. A Michigan native, Mark received his B.A. in English Literature from Oakland University and his law degree from Thomas M. Cooley Law School. After working extremely high-profile legal cases, Mark wanted to give the public a front-row glimpse of what victims face when standing up for justice. Combining his legal experience and passion for justice with a creative writing style, Mark not only brings high-quality legal services to his clients, but captivating novels to his readers. When Mark's not writing legal and political novels, he writes and posts about fairness and justice in the civil justice system on his website, The Legal Examiner, and Not Fake News. In his spare time, Mark enjoys traveling and spending time with his family. Mark and his wife, Toby, have four children and nine grandchildren. To learn more about Mark and his work, visit his website at markmbello.com. Well, hi, Mark. Welcome back to Inside Scoop Live. It seems like only yesterday when you were last on the show. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, Sherry. Thanks for having me. You really branched out this year. You've done, you know, a new Zachary Blake novel, a family cookbook, and you've taken your first dip into the children's literary world. Tell us a little bit about the new series for children you've created and then maybe a little bit about your first book in the series, Happy Jack, Sad Jack. The children's book series was based on a concept and my own concern that certain messages are reaching children at too late an age. Mm. That prejudices and events are happening before they get appropriate lessons in how they ought to be behaving. So I said to myself, self, (laughs) if you're going to write about social justice or safety, perhaps you could write messages that resonate with smaller children and write in a way that that message will resonate with smaller children. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've tried to do. I've actually written four or five of these. Uh, There's only one ready to be released. Okay. And that's Happy Jack, Sad Jack. What is this story about? Happy Jack, Sad Jack is a bullying story. And I think people, when they hear bully, they think of high school or middle school, maybe, Mm -hmm. or adults, where somebody with a mean, nasty personality or a prejudice is willing to cause harm whether it be verbal or physical, to someone weaker than the bully. And my sense is that bullying is taught, that bullying is something that a kid might imitate, and that it can happen at a much younger age than high school. Mm -hmm. If you recall, for instance, my book, Betrayal High, was based on a school shooting 
caused by a young student who was a little different than the rest of the people in his class, was mercilessly bullied, and the result of that bullying was a mass school shooting, Mm -hmm. as depicted in Betrayal High. This book happens in kindergarten, and uh, Happy Jack, as he is when he starts kindergarten, uh, is going to his first day at kindergarten. He has a black father and a white mother, and he's never encountered any prejudice at all, nor has he experienced any difference in treatment because he's half white and half black. Mm -hmm. He, uh, He goes to school for the first time, and for the first time, he finds out that he's different than any of the other kids in class, and that difference receives an explanation point when a kid comes up to him and pushes him down in the playground and causes him to hurt his knee. Mm. He's been taught not to tattle. He goes back to class. He will not tell the teacher why he's sad, but he's now become sad Jack. Mm -hmm. And as the days go by, he is bullied again and again and again until he refuses to go back to school. And when he refuses to go back to school, the parents arrange a meeting with the principal. Sad Jack confesses as to what happened. The principal calls in the child and his parents, expels the bully, and uh, the rest is history. Yeah. Uh, So it is basically a message to small children that there are many different Colors, faces, shapes of eyes, shapes of ears, shapes of noses, uh, cultures, religions. But at the end of the day, we're all members of the human race and we all deserve each other's respect. Yeah, that's the message of the book. And I think it's an important message for a five year old uh, or anybody from, I would say, age three, four, even up to, you know, nine, ten. Yeah. It makes me sad that this is happening in kindergarten because it seems like kids are being exposed to older children or young adult problems at such an early age now, like a lot earlier than than what I remember. And what is the right age to start having conversations with kids around bullying? You you said three or four. Well, I I just think that it's important to introduce the idea that while children might look different than you and might be in your class, they're the same as you in almost every other way. And perhaps we ought to celebrate our differences rather than fight over them. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, look at Russia and Ukraine. What is the purpose of that war? Are Ukrainians that much different than Russians? Is it just the vision of a madman that he wants to rule over two countries rather than one. But I think people ought to learn to get along with each other right. and find different ways to reconcile their differences. Is, am I starting too early with a bullying episode in kindergarten? Maybe. Maybe it doesn't happen that early. But I don't think any, there's anything wrong with introducing yeah. the concept and shaping a child's mind uh, toward inclusion and love rather than exclusion and hate. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the message of Happy Jack, Sad Jack. 
Yeah. No, I don't think it's too early. I think it's unfortunate that it's not too early, but I don't think it's too early. But I thought you asked me, does it happen as early as kindergarten? And I honestly don't know. Oh. I will, t- I will tell you this. The reason I wrote, wrote the book wasn't specifically because uh, I thought that a biracial student might be bullied. I'm sure they are. Mm-hmm. But as a Jewish kid, I moved from a neighborhood that was all Jewish to a neighborhood where I was the only Jewish person in the sixth grade. Hmm. And I was bullied significantly by kids that had never met a Jew in their lives. Some of those kids in later life became friends of mine as they became more aware of the real world, for lack of a better way to say it. Right. But either their parents were anti-Semitic or they just were never exposed to anything other than their own white Christian heritage. Right. And being different was viewed as being, quote, bad, unquote. So remembering that, not in kindergarten, it was sixth grade. Right. But remembering that, and here I am at age 70. I just turned 70, by the way, April 2nd. So uh, I'm now now in my eighth decade. But anyway, remembering that, even now, it had a big impact on my life. I never expected to get beaten up just because I was Jewish. Right. It was something that never occurred to me. Anti-Semitism, I mentioned earlier that perhaps this white Christian kid had never been exposed to Jewish people. Well, by the same token, I lived in northwest Detroit where everybody was Jewish. Mm. It was almost like living in Israel. So I I didn't know that there was this underbelly of anti-Semitism in the world, and it was a unique experience for me. Right. I was in the dark about hate and bias and prejudice, as he probably was. So I think it's important for kids to know that not everybody's the same, but that doesn't mean that this person is bad and that person is good. Right. We all have good and bad people in our midst, regardless of our color, religion, creed, etc. Yeah. So how do you balance the, um, the issue that Jack has of tattling versus I'm getting mistreated? I mean, it took him refusing to go to school for it all to come out. He doesn't actually overcome it in the book. You assume he does. It's more about how the school, the school administration uh, and the parents on both sides of the issue, by the way, react. You can assume when the meeting happens between the two parents, I don't smack you in the face with it in the book, but you can assume that the father and mother of this bully are people that would not sit down with their kid and tell them to be kind to those people who may be somewhat different than they are. Right. So you get the sense, even though the book doesn't suggest it, that this is something that came from his, this child's upbringing and came from his parents. Yeah. I love the idea of your children's series because it fits in just with, with what you do. You, you write about social justice and... It starts in kindergarten. That was kind of my incentive to write Happy Jack, Sad Jack, and the other ones. By the way, Happy Jack, Sad Jack was not the first children's book I wrote. Mm. A book about distracted driving was the first book I wrote. I just haven't had it illustrated yet. 
Oh, okay. Uh, but just to share this with you real quickly, what caused me to want to write to children was the behavior of adults. Mm. If you're a child in a car seat in the back seat and your mom picks up a phone as she's driving down the freeway and starts texting someone, taking her eyes off the road and not realizing that her inattentiveness can cause an accident, the four-year-old or five-year-old in the back seat should be taught to say, hey, mom, put down that phone. Mm -hmm. And the distracted driving book that will come out next if I, if I can ever get it illustrated, <laughs> we'll tell that story. Oh, I love that. Yeah. When I finished that, I said, I think I'll write a social justice book to follow up this safety book, call it the social justice slash safety series and write a series of books that encompass both safety and social justice. So just to give you an idea of the content of the series, I go back and forth between social justice issues and safety issues. Okay. Is this for the early reader, like from age, uh, say, four to eight or four to ten? I would say they're all stories in rhyme. Mm -hmm. That's fun to do, by the way. I've never done that before. I, I've never fashioned myself as a, quote, poet, unquote. <laughs> when I was a kid, I had a guitar and I used to write songs with a friend of mine. Oh, wow. And we performed them in a garage. And we wrote some pretty good songs. So I have some background in writing rhyming prose. Uh, and I had fun doing this. But every one of the books tells the story in rhyme. Wow. That's no easy feat. Yeah. And as I showed you, the book is beautifully, beautifully illustrated. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about your illustrator. How did you meet her? And what was it like working with her to bring your story to life? Well, it's funny, uh, very similar to how I met you and how I utilize your service. I met Melinda on a chat line, a, a similar kind of book marketing slash publishing company website mm -hmm. that I participated in. And coincidentally enough, she participated in it as well. And she has a terrific sense of humor. She stood out from all the other authors for me. Uh, I thought she was hilarious. She started talking and everybody on the call was laughing. <laughs> What's her name? Uh, her name is Melinda Talianich. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know how, to, how she pronounces her middle name, but she uses it. Her professional name is MT. Okay. Because she knows that people can't pronounce this, I guess. August, F-A-L-G-O-U-S-T. Uh, M.T. Faugust. Okay. And she's written some children's books that you can find if you Google her name. I believe she's written also some YA books. She does all her own marketing. She's clever as hell. She's got a great sense of humor. She's a great writer. And as I showed you, even though this is not video, she's a fabulous, fabulous illustrator. I told her what I wanted to do, uh, that I wanted to write this series. And she offered me a very fair price to illustrate at least the first one. Mm -hmm. And I fell in love. And the problem is, as you might expect, she's quite busy and has her own author and illustrator business to run and doesn't march to <laughs> my drummer or immediately react to my needs. But I'm uh, sold on her beautiful illustrations. I believe our readers will love Happy Jack, Sad Jack and her illustrations and uh, I plan to use her for the balance of children's books in the series. Okay. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to have to wait until she's ready to illustrate the next one. Well, she did a wonderful job. Um, oh, it's beautiful. 
It is. Now, when is Happy Jack, Sad Jack scheduled to be released? Last Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Last Christmas. However, according to those people who are now formatting the book for release, it should be ready at the end of April for a mid-May release. Mm, okay, great, great. So you talked about writing it in rhyme, and so I know that wasn't easy. What do you think is the biggest difference writing for a young audience as opposed to writing your Zachary Blake novels? Well, the obvious difference is it's a completely different audience. Mm -hmm. You would think that the difference is I'm an adult and it's easier for me to write as an adult. The problem is, and it might not be a problem, it's a problem for those people around me, but I'm like Peter Pan. I, I won't grow up. <laughs> I refuse to terminate my inner child, and I find myself acting like a child quite often. <laughs> as professional as I can be, and I can be a professional, I practiced law for 45 years, but I still like to kid. I still like to joke. I love interacting with my grandchildren. Mm -hmm. and stooping to their level, so to speak. Uh, even my grandchildren roll, roll my eyes at me. That's how childish, <laughs> that's how childish I am. So uh, I won't say it, it was difficult for me to channel my inner child, but it's different. And of course, there's language differences. There's message differences. My normal conversational speech tends to include curse words, which you can't use in a children's book. Right. And of course, I write in rhyme. All of the books are stories in rhyme, so that was somewhat challenging. Once I started doing it and achieved a certain rhythm, it became fun to try to write similar books without using the same rhymes over and over and over. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, so that was somewhat challenging, but I, I've had fun with it. It's a completely different experience. The other thing is length. You have to tell a story in a much shorter amount of words than you tell a in a novel. And you have to have a beginning, middle, and end that happen much quicker than they would in a novel with yeah. very little background information. So, you know, you mentioned when we last talked in a previous interview, you mentioned, you know, coming up with background information on, on characters. Mm -hmm. And there is no background information on characters <laughs> <laughs> in a children's book. That's right. They're, uh, they just live in the now. So. <laughs> correct. Right. Correct. So, so there isn't, you know, large descriptions of settings and character development like there is in, in an adult book. Yeah. It's uh, kind of I like had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun doing. It. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of fun. So you've had a lot of fun this year. So you, you've got happy Jack, sad Jack, and then you have your other one. You said you had four more already written. There are four more written. Yes, okay. Five. What kind of issues do you cover? Well, I, I wrote a second, um, it's not a bullying book, but it's a book about the smallest kid in the class who was Mark Bellow. Mm. Now, it was written not because of me, but because of my grandson, Noah, who reminds me of me when I was his age. Oh, okay. He's, he's very small. He's the smallest kid in the class. And I, I just want the larger kids to realize that it's not always fun to be the smallest guy. Right. A lot of children myself and my grandson included, rose to the challenge, if you, if you will, and made themselves better at things than maybe their larger counterparts would be. My grandson, Noah, is, for instance, a much better baseball player than his older and larger brother, Jake. Mm. 
Now, Jake's a great kid. He doesn't tease Noah. He loves Noah. Uh, he's much larger than Noah. And I'm, I don't think I'm telling him anything he doesn't know by saying he's not a better baseball player than Noah. Maybe he'll get mad at me if he hears this interview. But <laughs> Noah's a better player. Why? Is it because he rose to the challenge of being small? I was a better baseball player than my older brother. I'm 5'5". Five five, he's 5'11". Five I was better in all sports than my brother. Why? Is it because I decided I was going to be good regardless of how large I got? Yeah. Now, you know, did I become a pro? No. But I'm a good athlete. And I think part of my incentive to be a good athlete came from being on the small side. Yeah. The book is dedicated to and written for my grandson, Noah, so that he appreciates that his poppy went through the same experience. Oh, I love that. He doesn't seem to mind being little the way I did. It was an issue for me. Yeah. Not any longer. Uh, it, it is what it is. As a child, I was, always, you know, my name is Bello, as you know. Mm. So that's at the beginning of the alphabet. I was the shortest kid in the class. So when they lined up the students, I was always the first in line. Mm. Now, there, there's a positive to that. You know, being first is kind of cool. But it got embarrassing after a while, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Can I be in the middle sometime? Why am I always in the front of every picture? Yeah. Because if a tall guy's in front of me, you can't see me. But it still wasn't fun. Mm -hmm. uh, so I wanted to write a book about being the smallest kid in the class, especially since my grandson is experiencing a similar situation. Right. So that's right. one of the books. I wrote a book about bicycle safety. I wrote a book about pool safety. I have a backyard swimming pool. Hmm. We, we teach our grandchildren uh, to learn how to swim rather quickly. And uh, I decided I'd write a book about pool safety. So th those are the kinds of things yeah. that we're talking about. Oh, nice. Yeah. I like that you're alternating the social justice with the safety issues. That's a nice balance. Well, so. when you think about it, I mean, some of these issues are not child friendly. Mm -hmm. So you can't, I'm not trying to clobber people over the head with these issues. Right. But I, I would like to be able to pick and choose those social justice issues that might resonate and be appropriate for a small child. Yeah. Uh, you know what betrayal of faith is about. It's mm -hmm. about sexual abuse and, and Catholic clergy. Mm -hmm. And obviously those nasty things happen to children. Mm -hmm. That's why it's called child abuse. But it's very, very difficult, and I believe it's impossible to write a children's book about that subject, Yeah. even though the occurrences happen to children. So there, there are social justice topics that don't lend themselves to being small child appropriate. That's why I like writing the safety books along with them. Yeah, yeah, because your marketing, uh, your audience is children, but it's also the parents, and they're the ones that buy the children's books. So a Absolutely. Yeah. So now you mentioned your grandchild, Noah, and you have other grandchildren. I'm curious to know what they think about their grandfather writing children's books. First of all, I have nine grandchildren. Oh, wow. Charlie, my latest grandchild. Uh, Charlie's a girl, by the way. Oh. It's spelled C-H-A-R-L-Y-E. And Charlie is, she's six months old uh, uh, now. Oh, wow. And obviously can't read. So... Uh, <laughs> Uh, all of my other grandchildren are old enough to read. Jake, Micah, Noah, Asher, Jack, Eden, Dylan, Emma. 
And by the way, you'll find when you check the names of the characters of my book that most of them are my grandchildren. Okay. Happy Jack is named for my grandson, Jack. It's not about my grandson, Jack, but I use his name for my uh, Happy Jack character. The pool book, the principal character is Eden because Eden loves to swim. Mm. And I wanted a book about pool safety for Eden. Dylan is in Happy Jack as Jack's brother, and Dylan is actually Jack's younger brother, and so on. The distracted driving book I described, the character is Asher. I told you about the smallest kid in the class, the character is Noah. Mm -hmm. And Emma is the bicycle safety character. Okay. That's where I'm at now. Micah, by the way, you'll notice, Micah is my grandson, and I used his name for Micah Love, the character in my adult novels. Yeah. And Zachary Blake is my son and my nephew. So I tend to use my family's names in my books. The book, Happy Jack, is dedicated to all of my grandchildren. Oh, I love that. And the nice thing about having young grandchildren is that I can try out these books and concepts on them. And they all like the books, especially when I write a book about a child whose name is one of my grandchildren. Absolutely. That particular, that particular grandchildren likes that particular book. So <laughs> my, grand, my grandson, Jack, loves Happy Jack, Sad Jack. <laughs> I love that. That's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. You're, you're in trouble if your own grandchildren don't like your books. And my grandchildren seem to like them. Well, that's good because children are <laughs> a tough audience. Yep. Yep. And they'll tell you the truth. That's for sure. That's what I was going to say. They'll tell you straight. So you, yep. you yep. better be good. <laughs> oh, well, it sounds like it was a lot of fun. And like I said, I, we look forward to your launch into the children's literary world. And you'll have to keep us in touch as your new books come out. Yeah. You've read the book. What do you think? I love it. I love the rhyming because that's hard to do. You've got to get it spot on. And it makes sense that you write songs or that you have written you songs because that, that makes it much easier. It's funny because you asked me about writing for children mm -hmm. and the differences. And unless I rhymed the words, I had a lot of difficulty writing words for children. I, I'm really impressed with how an author can write without rhyming. Yeah. And write in a way that a child will appreciate. Yeah. And understand. I found it fun and easier to try and kind of nursery rhyme this thing. It made writing a children's book a little easier for me, if that makes any sense to you. It does. Than it would have had I tried to write just a story without rhyming. Mm -hmm. It allowed me or, or helped me get down to a children's level. And again, I, I go back to who I am. I'm, I'm really a 70-year-old a child. <laughs> so. And, and that's what keeps you young. Well, Mark, we look forward to uh, your new series coming out end of April, mid-May, hopefully. And um, yeah, can't wait to see more from you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me today for my interview with Mark Bello, author of Happy Jack, Sad Jack. To learn more about Mark and his work, visit his website at markmbello.com. And be sure to check out our other interviews on InsideScoopLive.com. <laughs> 